Today's podcast is sponsored by Atomic Golf. If you need custom ball markers, divot repair tools, and more that are made from high-quality materials like solid copper and brass and look really good, then you should check out our friends at Atomic Golf. If courses like Old Barnwell, Landman, Sweetens Cove, and more are already working with them, then you should too. Visit AtomicGolf.club and follow them on Instagram at AtomicGolf. You know, no need, if you're a player, to come and give us your credentials at the bag drop telling us what handicap you are. We don't care that much. No need mm-hmm. to apologize to us. Nope. We're going we're gonna to try to make your day uh, special. But yeah. we do I, care. I, I always say something, yeah. too. I'm always like, uh, like, literally, other than, like, your family, like your wife, your children, like no one in the world is a bigger fan of you right now than me. Because yeah. uh, in theory, yeah, the yeah. better you play, the more money I'm going to make. So I'm cheering yeah, for you. That's buddy. exactly right. You know, the, yeah. uh, the, there's nobody who wants these players to do better than we do. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Caddy Tales, the podcast where we celebrate the fact that golf and life so often mirror one another and we take note of all the lessons that you can learn both on and off the course and then apply them so that we can just grow a little bit more each day. I'm Mark Milets, Mark the Caddy, joining you once again as your host and I also have my trusty sidekick Nick Bartz with us. How are you doing this morning, Nick? I'm doing well, buddy. I think I'm probably doing a little better than you are. You've, you've got my condolences. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of you are listening to this a number of days after the NFC Championship game. And um, as we've already alluded to on the first couple of podcasts, if you listened, I am a born and bred Detroit area guy and a lifelong Lions fan. And boy, yesterday we thought we had it and it just fell apart in the second half. But I was thinking that that's a good place to start, not because we want to talk about football, but because I was reminded yesterday um, from my time on the golf course uh, how much life does mirror golf. Uh, For example, you know, you had this football game where the Lions come out just roaring. And it's kind of like that player who gets a bunch of birdies and eagles on the front nine, or at least is just playing above their level. But then, you know, it's really hard to keep it all together and to be consistent. And so we've seen it before where they just fall apart for the lions. It was in the second half for players. It was uh, often the back nine of the, of the golf course. And so, you know, I'm sure you've seen that many a times, eh, Nick? Yeah, I was going to say you guys shot a 32 on the front and a 54 on the back. So, it was, yeah, it was, it was rough. Yeah. I mean, it felt like it, you know, it, yeah. it just, you know, at, at halftime, at the turn window, so to speak, everything was just going great. Now, we prefer to have it the way that it was um, for the 49ers if we're going to be out on the golf course and people are inconsistent. I'd rather see them not do so well on the front nine, but then recover and finish strong on the back nine. And that certainly was the case uh, for the 49ers. But, you know, as as sad as I was, especially for the people in Michigan and in, in the Detroit area in particular, uh, I, I'm also reminded something that I like to talk about all the time. 
something that I've learned in life and, and especially is true on the golf course. There's always a next shot. So as disappointed as I was, even as we get through this morning, I'm already starting to look forward to next season. And I'm starting to think about all the good things that did happen and uh, the bad things are starting to fade already and I am ready for that next round. And how many golfers have you been with where, you know, the round isn't going so great, maybe they play poorly, but uh, they swear off golf kind of like I swore off football <laughs> last night. But yeah, but what, yeah. what do you know is going to happen for that golfer again? Oh yeah, they'll they'll play again. They'll play better. I uh, I've done that myself. You know, I, why do I play this dumb game? But then you yeah. know you're back there the next week and having a ball. So yeah, there's always yeah. I don't know how many people that. I saw swearing off the Lions yesterday. I'm like, really? It, this is the game that's going to do it to you? Not the last fifty years <laughs> of futility. Yeah. Um, but you know, after you get through the emotions, just like the golfer who. I've heard a thousand times swear off the game, say they're never playing again, that they're going to throw away their clubs. Uh, you know, before you know it, they're talking about where their next round is or where their next golf trip is. And they are always ready to take the next shot. So that is a very, very good thing and a great lesson to remember. I'm trying to apply it today in the trivial matter of football. Now I want to shift gears a little bit here, Nick. And, uh, Tell our listeners, we're going to be starting a little series here that we're going to do for a number of weeks. And uh, it, some days, like today, it'll just be me and Nick because, uh, you know, we can speak pretty fluently to it. And some other weeks, we'll get some caddies on with us to add some of their thoughts. But the series is going to be on the things that caddies do care about and don't care about. And the reason why I thought of that is because some of those things and what caddies think about them might surprise some of our listeners because what's important to us may not necessarily be the most important thing to the golfer. And then as much as we try to be in sync with our golfer, the thing that's most important to them, we may not always be as into. Um, I got to thinking, you know, just throwing out a couple of examples here, Nick, recognizing that, you know, this is anecdotal. You could certainly go and find some caddy somewhere who disagrees with us or also recognizing that you and I might have differing levels of care about or not care about. I was going to ask you just some quick things, uh, you know, how, how much they matter to you or do you care about them or don't you care about them? Let's start with what I think is a pretty obvious one. The gratuity at the end of the round. Care about yeah. or don't care about? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I definitely do care about that. That's uh, that's yeah. how we. That's <laughs> yeah. why we have a job. It's it, it is our job <laughs> at the end of the day, right? So it's how we pay yeah. our bills. So yeah, absolutely. You're care not about lugging those bags around for free, right? No, no. Hopefully not. Yeah, obviously that's something we care about, and it's probably on our minds a little bit more than the golfers. You hope not. You hope they're thinking about it pretty much too. But uh, how about this? Um, what kind of clubs a player has or which clubs they have in their bag? Uh, it, it, so that one's kind of both. I'd say it, it, it doesn't matter um, to me personally, but there are some telling signs that, what what kind of golfer you are going to be? Maybe what kind of yeah. tip you're gonna you're gonna give if you got some new yeah. clubs? You might have some 
extra money, hopefully. Um, also, we, I mean, I always look for like a wear pattern on wedges, like where you're, where you're hitting the ball to see if you, yeah. if you, maybe you're a good golfer or not. But I mean, once again, like, does it really matter if you're a good golfer at the end of the day? Not really, but you know, it is nice. Yeah. You know, I think, I think all of these, you know, we can make some snap judgments when we meet players. Um, and, and they do have some identifying marks to them. For instance, if I have a guy show up with, um, clubs that were made in the 1970s and, and an old bag, you know, he probably doesn't get out that often, but yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, uh, it's not in the top of the list of things that I think most caddies would care about. Um, here's one, how heavy their bag is. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, that's, that might be like the biggest one that I can think of. Um, if someone's got a heavy bag, it's just going to make for a super long day um, on, on the caddy. Um, especially if you're not keeping the ball in the fairway um, <laughs> on a golf course that, that we caddy at, uh, there's really no flat surfaces. So you're constantly walking up and down hills and uh, it can get quite taxing um, if, if you're carrying a bag that's overweight let's say yeah no you definitely <clears throat> care about it and uh you know when i meet players at the bag drop and i find that they care about it you know they're really concerned about it yeah i i can guess that's generally going to be a pretty good loop mm -hmm. and when you meet those players who don't care about it or haven't given a second thought to it mm -hmm. some warning signs uh kind of come for the day that is ahead yeah, well, I would um, say too, like you, you consider what you're packing in your in your bag when you're traveling. Uh, you know, the bag you're throwing on a on a plane, on an airplane. But hopefully, you're considering what what yeah. that, like what you're putting in your on your bag that your you know human being right. is carrying. So yeah, yeah, and we'll touch on that more in a future episode uh, for sure. We'll get more into detail about it. Here's one that gets a lot of discussion on Twitter, and. Uh, I'm going to just start out by saying I don't really care about it, but I know some people are really passionate about it, and that's what a player wears. I'm not talking they show up in cut-off jeans and a you know wife-beater tank top, but things like uh, joggers or golf hoodies, care about or don't care about? Uh, I mean, once again, like those, that can be like a telltale sign of, of how much you're going to get tipped. Um, if someone's <laughs> wearing like, you know, a nice outfit, um, that, that, you know, how much costs I mean, and I'm big into golf apparel, um, probably a little more than you are. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it says something about that, but, um, me personally, like if I see you show up wearing something weird, I'm like, I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Another quick one. If they offer you a Gatorade at the turn window, care about it or don't care yeah. about it? Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, um, as somebody who's not carrying around cash on him, uh, it's definitely very courteous and says a lot about you as a, as a human being. Um, I'd say more so than even a golfer. Um, yeah, I think golfers might be surprised, especially those who don't go to a a resort course and have caddies very often. I think that's mm -hmm. one where they'd be surprised just how much a uh, caddy cares about it, how much it means to them. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it really does uh, mean a great deal. Here's mm -hmm. a couple that I think are hopefully obvious about whether we care about them or not. And that's the attitude that a player brings to the course. 
You care about their attitude, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's going to make the day easier if, if somebody's got a positive attitude um, and not getting all upset over every single missed shot. And, you know, if, if you make like triple bogey, you're not carrying it with you for the next three, four holes. Uh, it it definitely makes life as a caddy easier if you're emotionally mature, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, here's this last one before we get deeper into our uh, topic that we want to dive a little more into, and that is uh, the expectations that a player brings. That kind of ties into what you were just saying. Care mm-hmm. about it or don't care about it? Uh, yeah, I, I care about it. I mean, like sometimes people just think, you know, you're going to come out and shoot below par and, and the course we caddy at is, is incredibly difficult. Um, so that's not going to happen very often. I mean, I've probably seen, I don't know, it's probably under 20 people shoot under par at, uh, the course we caddy at. So, uh, it, I think it also helps, uh, selecting the correct tees. Uh, so many times we, we get people that are trying to play further back than they would at home, uh, which is difficult considering the course we caddy at. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to me, those last two are huge. I care about them a great deal. What kind of attitude does a person come with? And then what expectations do they have? Not that, not that we don't uh, want players to come and be really excited about the opportunity to play well. Mm-hmm. But if you meet somebody, like I've met people before, and they say, that they want to get this score. As I write about in Caddy Tales, uh, my book, a player who once told me that he was aiming for 64 that day, it, it just sets a tone right off the bat that things are just going to be a grind, that there's going to yeah. be constant disappointment there. That's not only going to make things uh, not so much fun for the player, but also not so much fun for me. And so, you know, you can see there, there's... Things we care about deeply, and then there's things that, you know, yeah, they might tell you something about a player. They might give some indication of what you're up for, but in the scheme of things, they're not that important, you know. So, uh, for example, if a player comes and and has a bunch of hybrids and they feel kind of sheepish about it uh, because they don't have these blades in their bag... Trust me, we don't care. We want you to hit the club that's going to yeah. go straight as often as possible. And mm-hmm. um, we don't care if you don't use your driver or you hit seven iron the whole time. Whatever. We, we don't care. Uh, and so there's no need to be sheepish about it. And so uh, that leads into, though, something that I want to dig into just a little bit further than some of these other things. And that is this, Nick. Do we care about or not care about, generally speaking, the ability that a player has? Yeah, I mean, I think I've touched on that uh, a little bit. Um, it it makes the day easier if you're catting for somebody that's, you know, hitting every green in regulation, hit, hitting every fairway in regulation. Other than that, no. I mean, your your score is not going to affect me at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Which, which might no, be just And so but... maybe frame the question this way. Do you care about uh, a player's ability more than you care about whether or not they come with a good attitude, 
they're generous, they're thoughtful, they're having mm. a good time. Their their day is a real uh, celebration of the game of golf and also just the people they're with. Would you rather have somebody with all of those things who shoots a hundred, or mm. somebody who's kind of uh, maybe not very friendly, uh, maybe a little intense, mm. and um, shoots a eighty? Yeah, I would take I would take the guy that's uh, shooting the high handicap. Um, yeah, yeah, because they're gonna have a yeah. better time. They're gonna have a better experience, uh, and that's really what we're trying for as a caddy. You know, we want somebody to have a memorable experience um, with us. So, yeah, no, I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I can't tell you how many times I have met a player uh, at the bag dropper as we've gone to the first tee box who has apologized to me for the day that I'm in for. They think usually that that's going to be a negative. Like that's going to get me worried. Yeah. But in reality, most times I actually feel a little bit of relief. Yeah. And I uh, am a little more excited about the round, believe it or not, mm-hmm. because uh, that tells me these people understand one golf is hard, and no matter where you're playing, mm-hmm. you, it it could be like the Lions. One minute everything's going absolutely perfect, and the next minute it looks like you've never played the game before. Yep. Uh, and so they have the right expectations. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that doesn't bug me. On the flip side, there's something that players ask us on occasion at the uh, bag drop before the round starts. And this is certainly the case if there's going to be two caddies in the foursome and uh, those caddies haven't necessarily picked which two bags they're going to carry. They'll ask, which caddy does something better? Uh, what do you <laughs> guess that that is, Nick? Uh, reading putts, I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which They'll ask you before the round, do you know how to read the greens? Mm-hmm. That uh, makes me nervous for a couple of reasons. One... It tells me that they've probably had some sort of bad caddy experience in the past. Yeah. And then two, it tells me that there's probably a chance they're going to have some unrealistic expectations about Mm. what's going to happen out there uh, during their round. And Mm. that uh, they're not recognizing that their ability is going to lead to some missed putts, no matter how well the caddy reads the greens. Um, so, you know, it's not that I don't want to be with good players. It's not that I would rather walk zigzagging the fairways and go up and down hills. No, I'd rather like you be the guy who's going straight and hitting greens and regulation, but Mm -hmm. it's not all that there is, you know, there's Mm -hmm. more to it from our perspective. And, uh, I think that, uh, that would surprise some people. Yeah. Uh, can you think of a time, Nick, where you've been out with somebody who has been one of those really, really not so good players, a, a high handicapper, somebody who's been having a grind, and mm-hmm. uh, yet it was a great day, and why? Uh, yeah, so I, I've i been out with those people before, and uh, I think one of the greatest experiences I've ever had was uh, I was catting for a guy that... Uh, uh, he only had one, one functional arm, which, uh, to play a golf at, at our golf course is, 
like I like I've said, very very difficult. And then you add that into the equation, and um, it was just unreal. And like he he actually played like really well. I think he shot like eighty five or something. He played from the Reds, but I mean, it was amazing to watch. And um, I don't know, it just it really like fired me up and. Uh, yeah, I, I want to go play golf so bad after that. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was just yeah. extremely. No, that happens motivated. every now and then. I think this year I heard a caddy tell me that they would caddied for somebody who was blind and they yeah. had somebody there like, uh, I think that was actually me, me as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that was me too. Yeah. I've done yeah. that before. And yeah. so, uh, you know, there's more to it than guys shooting par all the time. Um, mm-hmm. There can be some other mm-hmm. special moments out there. You know, I, I write about in Caddy Tales, I, I've had guys shoot over 170, and that was like one who kept score. They usually mm-hmm. people aren't keeping score at mm-hmm. that amount. And I remember that guy fondly, you know, because yeah. what did I care about? Mm-hmm. You know, the pace of play. I cared about, was he a cool guy? Was he having fun? And all those things, the boxes were checked. You know, yeah. he, for as many shots as he took, as many times as he missed the ball, we weren't we weren't slow. Uh, yeah. We were we were moving. He was having a great time. He was loving it. And mm-hmm. so you know there was more to it than his ability. And you know I have been out there before too with guys who whose ability is not only pretty good on the golf course, but they're high functioning individuals off the golf course, you know, they're CEOs of something or they're a surgeon or, you know, think of whatever career that uh, you would throw in there as somebody who is, is highly successful or has a high level of ability. And you, you almost pity them by the end of the round because they're miserable. Yeah. They're miserable to be around. They're, they're too intense. They don't have fun. They don't look around. They're at this beautiful place with a, with a great lake and, uh, Mm -hmm. all these amazing views. And you, you actually scratch your head sometimes and wonder, did they have any fun? Yeah. Have you ever had a player Mm -hmm. like that, Nick? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's that, it's usually like the, the types you're talking about. Um, and I just like want to ask them, be like, you're, you're choosing to do this. Like, why are you having such a poor attitude about the, like about this? I'm sure you looked forward to it for a long time. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of puzzling, but I guess everyone's different. So. Yeah. You know, and, and, and another thing that I think is interesting when players, you know, assess their ability, it always ties back to the expectations they have. I find that, uh, when you're with a good player, uh, you know, good used generally uh, mm-hmm. here, they don't celebrate, but they lament. Yeah. You know, so the, the, mm-hmm. the pain and suffering they feel over the bad shots mm-hmm. greatly exceeds uh, what they have joy over the good ones. Yeah, it's like... And it's like so then on the flip side, on the yeah. flip side... I think when you're with somebody who's a high handicapper mm-hmm. and knows it mm-hmm. and and they hit one flush or they yeah. get a part three and get it onto the green, yeah, that's a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. You remind me of a story, actually. I, I can't, one of the hole-in-ones I've seen, I've seen 14, so, um, I, but I remember this one very distinctly. This guy was terrible. Uh, he's probably going to shoot like 120 or something like that, 130. I mean, not even sniffing par. Um, and so we get to this hole and he hits his, his 
tee shot. It's like 150 yards. He's hitting a three wood and um, he gets a hole in one and he ends up crying. And I'm like, wow, like that's, yeah. that's an incredible like reaction. He called his wife and yeah, it was really cool to watch. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, you know, I had a player actually, I didn't have him. Yeah. I got sent out for a twilight loop this year, a second loop of the day. For those of you who aren't caddies, uh, and aren't at our particular place. Sometimes there's some real sadness that comes when you're sent out on like the last loop of the day. Um, there's a number of reasons for that, that we'll get into in a future episode. But, uh, I, and I ended up only having a single bag because the other guy who was going to be in the group didn't want a caddy. Mm. And that's not uncommon at twilight because people are playing with reduced rates. They tend to be a little bit more mindful of the money they're spending. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so even if you are a caddy in those groups, they're not always as lucrative, you know, anyways, the guy, you know, so you, you, you start out with maybe not the best attitude. Okay. Because you're, you're with just one player instead of two. And then you're kind of like, why isn't this guy taking the caddy? He's costing me money. And, but I still have to be out here, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was terrible. I mean, terrible. We're talking shoot 200 kind of terrible. I mean, miss the ball, <laughs> chunk it, chunk it, chunk it. He was cool though. He was picking up the ball. He wasn't, he was very, very respectful. Like he did not want to hold up the other player. Uh, and I can't remember if he was good or not. But anyways, I find out later that the reason the guy didn't take a caddy was simple embarrassment. Like, he had never had one before. He knew he wasn't mm. good. And he thought the caddy would be upset with him mm. because of his ability. And yeah. that's where I got to pull this out and say, dude, on the th list of things we care about, mm -hmm. um, ability isn't in the top five. Like we're yeah. talking about today. So anyway, we get to the seventh hole. And, you know, I've already told the story on the first podcast about a hole in one that we had at the seventh hole. Last season just happened to be like, it was just magic at that seventh hole. So you have to understand the first six holes, this guy hasn't connected with a ball. They're not going straight. He's probably already lost 10 balls or just left them behind, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I am not exaggerating when I say, um, on this beautiful par three with the lake hanging off the side and rocks and all that and wind blowing. He was one rotation of the ball from a hole in one. And it would have oh. been the most improbable hole in one. Hey, oh. Like a quarter of his ball or a half a ball was literally oh. over the edge of the cup. Oh. And I, I mean, I would have, I don't even know what I would have done. Um, but it made his day. Yeah. He, the celebration he had, the joy he had, the way it loosened him up. All of yeah. a sudden, he's talking with us instead of off doing his own thing. Me and him are engaging. I'm giving him some intel. And at the end of the round, he comes up to me and he goes, I'm so sorry I didn't use you. I was just so scared. I was nervous. And he, he th threw me a few bucks or whatever. And he learned a valuable lesson that day that mm -hmm. um, there's more to it. There's more to the day than just whether you're a, you know, scratch golfer or a low handicapper. Yeah. And I always remember that. And it ended up being, you know, I, I didn't like being out there till dark, but uh, it ended up being just fine and uh, mm -hmm. a really nice day. 
to be out there. So, you know, no need if you're a player to come and give us your credentials at the bag drop telling us what handicap you are. We don't care that much. No need mm-hmm. to apologize to us. Nope, we're going to we're going to try to make your day uh special. But yep. we do I, care. I, I always say something yeah. too. I'm always like uh like literally other than like your family, like your wife, your children, like no one in the world's a bigger fan of you right now than me. Cause yeah. uh, in theory, yeah, the yeah. better you play, the more money I'm going to make. So I'm cheering yeah, for you. That's buddy. exactly right. You know, the, yeah. uh, the, there's nobody who wants these players to do better than we do for mm-hmm. a myriad of reasons, but yeah. there's also nobody who has what a clearer understanding that things are going to happen out there. Yeah. And, um, I am not shocked by anything I see anymore. You've been doing this twice as long or three times as long as me, Nick. Yeah. Is there anything that could surprise you out there at this point? Uh, not really. I saw a guy have, uh, he had like croc head covers on his, on his clubs, uh, earlier yeah. this year. But other than that, no, no not really. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy have croc head covers a couple, I think last year. And then I ended up asking him if I could post him on Twitter and, uh, because I wasn't going to just make fun of him without his permission. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I told him, though, I said, Twitter's going to have a field day. And they <laughs> did. Oh, boy. Yeah. 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 But he was a super cool guy. Um, no, I don't think there's anything that could surprise me anymore. I, yeah. you feel, and, and you tell players, you know, you're not going to be the worst golfer we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. And even if they are, I mean, somebody's got to be the worst, I suppose. By that yeah. point, it's all relative. I mean, you're yeah. you're hiking all over the place or whatever. Yeah, it it stinks no matter what, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. So, yeah. um, just relax, have a good time, because I've never seen a golfer who is super tense and mm-hmm. stressed out play all that well. Yeah, yeah, that's you got to feel comfortable out there. Um, and, and like that, like you said, that's like kind of comes with setting your expectations. You know, if you, if you're, if your expectations are too high, you're just going to be tense the whole time. So yeah, just come with a good mindset yeah. and try to have some fun. Yeah. yeah. And you know, uh, the leave behind the, uh, you know, uh, when somebody hits a ball, this, this will be one that, that just gets me is, you know, there'll be 200 yards out, 150 yards out from the flag stick. And, you know, at this level, I think it was Jack Nicholas who said pretty much every single person, everyone should be just aiming for the center of the green. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're not good enough to try any more than that. And we're not good enough to even be mad if we don't, you know, do well. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, guys will hit it onto the green and they'll be like 10 feet away from the flag stick and, and you'll be like, good shot. Ah. You know, I re- I wanted to be above the hole. Or what? You're like, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and so that's like this idea that their ability is at some level that um, isn't being met. And mm-hmm. then um, this is my all time favorite. This is the one where let me let me preface it by this. Nick, would you agree that amongst the caddies, I might be one of the more jovial ones or friendly with the players? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, and I try to think the best of them, and I try to get along with them, and I even have relationships with some of them afterwards, right? There, yeah, there's a reason why I'm asking this. Because if you want to see me instantly shut it down, yeah. instantly look like you've driven a dagger through my heart, be in a golf match with your buddies, 
have everybody shooting over 100, and then on the 17th or 18th hole, be like 80 feet from the hole and look <laughs> at me and yeah. tell me, give me your best read. I mm-hmm. really need to make this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. That's a misunderstanding of what my ability is as a caddy. <laughs> and because I'm not a miracle worker. Right, And yeah. uh, a misunderstanding of their ability as a golfer. Yeah, I mean, like... I, Have you I ever wish... heard that one before? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, like, I wish that we could carry around that thing that they have on tour where it's like the make percentage from 80 feet for a tour level player is like 0.01% or something like that. And you're like, okay, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the one that I, I try not to make fun of the players. I try to think the best. I put the best construction on things. I, I genuinely like them. I, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that might be the thing that, uh, that gets me. And, and it's just, um, why I believe so passionately that uh, we as caddies can't, you know, get overwhelmed or care too much about a player's ability because golf is hard. And then extending from there, we want players to be realistic with it as well. Well, Nick, you know, uh, let's lead to a final thought that kind of ties in with what we were just talking about there. And we're going to call it good caddy, bad caddy. And for you listeners out there, this is something we're going to do on a weekly basis now. We're going to close our show with good caddy, bad caddy. And what I want to do is just throw out a a simple scenario, something that happens quite often. And we'll talk very briefly about what what would we do in a way that's a good caddy. And what are some ways that we can maybe handle it not so well like a bad caddy. And uh, I'll throw out one from the green, Nick, because I just used that example of somebody saying, give me your best read. So a golfer hits a putt. um, It maybe goes just past the hole or uh, whatever. And after they miss it, they turn and they just stare at you. They might say something like, it didn't break. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, They look at you like baffled that it didn't go Mm -hmm. in. Mm-hmm. recognizing maybe some frustration in your soul. Yeah. Um, what, what's, what's a, a, what's a good way to handle that? Oh yeah. It's, I don't know what happened. Maybe I, maybe I misread it. I, that's what I'd say. Probably. I don't know. I'll just take, take yeah, one for yeah. it. I guess. I mean, it, at the end of the day, does it matter? Not really. I mean, if it, yeah. if it helped them out, you know, I, because what can't you do? What would a bad caddy do? You pushed it. That's that's what a bad yeah. caddy would say. I've heard that one before. Yeah. 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 And I've seen it both ways. And I've learned a lot. This is something I learned a lot from our veteran caddies. Some of the caddies mm-hmm. I respect most. Let's use that exact scenario because 100% of the caddies have dealt with it. And and let's say sometimes you know the players hit the ball too hard for it to break or whatever. Yeah. Or sometimes you just give them a bad read, you know, because it happens. Mm-hmm. It does happen. Um some of the caddies that I respect the most, they're the best caddies in the program. I say, oh, it didn't break. And they just, they move on. Or, yep. oh, um, my bad, whatever. And yep. then I've seen this a little more from maybe some of the inexperienced caddies. And if I could give them a word of advice, they'll kind of, they, they feel insecure. And mm-hmm. they uh, start to maybe argue with the players a little bit. And mm-hmm. even if it is the player's fault, nothing good. 
is going to come from that. You know, you just move on to the next one. And let's say they've been hitting them too hard. You find a way on another green to say, hey, uh, let's take a little bit off of it, okay? Or, hey, if you hit it at the pace you have been, it's not going to break as much as that other guy's putt. You find maybe a casual way uh, to work it in. So there's mm-hmm. good caddy or bad caddy. So those of you guys out there who uh, or ladies who are at a course and you're playing, first of all, don't stare down your caddy. But if you find yourself in a situation where yeah, you think maybe it should have gone another way, um, you know, if you're rating your caddy, see see how they handle that, and uh, and then also if you're rating yourself, see how you handle it, and uh, yeah. everybody will have a much better day. So Dick, mm-hmm. you know, thanks again for uh, being with me. And uh, I hope that uh, we warm up soon. I think we're about 90 days out from the start of our season here in Wisconsin. And uh, I know there's people around the country who are a little bit um, better off than we are when it comes to weather. But starting to get that itch to get back out on the course. Really looking forward to it. But until then, uh, let me remind all of our listeners that thought that we started with at the beginning of the show something that i hope the lions are feeling today and something that i hope you'll remember no matter what you are going through there's always a next shot so take it Mm -hmm.